You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Today I'm talking about breaking barriers in your life. And when I address this topic, I'm talking about breaking through not just human barriers, but barriers that in humanity have not been able to break. Whether it is an addiction in your life or whether it is a a spiritual battle in your marriage or whether it is a, a financial problem that you're in, what I'm about to teach you today is going to give you the keys to unlock that miracle in your life that you want. See, a human miracle is different than a divine miracle that comes from God. It's different. It's like when Roger Bannister beat the four-minute mile. That was a human barrier that no one could break. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more about things like what Elijah did. You remember the story of Elijah where he goes to King Ahab and he had just prayed that it would start to rain. It had been a drought for three and a half years. And he went to the king and he says, I want you to get in your chariot and I want you to go home in Jerusalem quickly because as soon as it starts raining, the roads are going to get muddy and you're going to get stuck. And the Bible says that he ran ahead of the chariots. Now, I don't know if you know anything about horses, but a horse in a gallop can run about 55 miles an hour. The human body has never ran 55 miles an hour. The record on the fastest human to run is 23 miles an hour. Elijah that day broke every human record and did something that was supernatural that could only happen if God was in charge. Can you say amen? That's what I'm talking about today when I talk about barriers. Humanity can do some things, but it cannot do everything. And there's problems in our lives that many of us are facing that we need divine intervention We need God to come through in a supernatural way to deliver us from whatever it is. And if you've got an ear to hear the first part of the message here, there's a lot of meat in it. So I want you to focus in what I'm saying to you because it'll give you the keys to this. Turn with me, if you would, over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, and I want to read a section of verses here. Paul says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just stop right there. Paul is talking about the time that we're in right now where people who have believed on Christ have become, as the Bible said, those that are, uh, that are united with Christ, it says, are one spirit with the Lord. He's talking about things that can only be received through your spirit, not your mind, not your emotions, not your feelings. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they operated from revelation knowledge. They operated from a spirit of discernment. They operated from the inside out and God reigned through them during that process. When they sinned, and man fell, they fell from revelation to information. They fell from, uh, how do I say it, discernment. Now watch this. They fell from discernment to reason. 
And from that point on, everything in their life they evaluated from their five physical senses. And so what the scripture is saying is that God has prepared something that you cannot receive with your mind. You cannot receive it with your body. You cannot receive it with your emotions. You can only receive it by, from your human spirit that is connected with God. That's why the Bible says that you must be born again because you get rehooked up. Amen? Amen? Now, with that in mind, look at the next verse. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all, the, all, all things. Yes, the deep things of God... For what man knows the things of a, a man except the spirit of man which is in him? In other words, your brain doesn't know as much about you as your spirit does. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Next verse. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, keep going. But the natural man, and this is important you see this, does not receive the things of the Spirit. Say it with me. He does not receive the things of the Spirit. Your carnal mind doesn't receive the things that God has for you. It can only be received in your spirit. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because what? what? They are spiritually discerned. Now, I know there's a lot in this, but I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. God doesn't speak to us except through our spirit. He doesn't speak to you through your mind. He doesn't speak to you through your emotions. And if you need a miracle from God, you're going to have to get it from your spirit or the inner man the Bible talks about. The Bible said that the outer man is passing away, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, let me show you something from this that will bless you. Write these two verses, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. says that one, one spirit of the Lord. Proverbs 20, 27 say this. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord searching the innermost parts of the belly. In other words, your spirit knows things your head doesn't know. And when God reveals healing to us in the scriptures or provision in the scriptures, it comes alive within your spirit. That's how you believe with your heart, not with your head. And what we've done in America, which is very prevalent everywhere, is we train our body, we go to gyms, we work out, and there's nothing wrong with that. We go to universities, we get an education in our mind, nothing wrong with that. But the problem is you can't receive your miracle from your mind. You can't re receive it at the gym. You receive it when you become sensitive to your inner man. And what I'm going to do today is show you how to train your spirit. If you train your spirit, you're going to be able to recognize when God is leading you and when he's not leading you. You're going to perceive things that you didn't normally perceive, and you're going to be able to make right decisions in your life. But you've got to renew your mind to the Word of God until you change your mind. You've got to get the Word of God from your head to your heart to receive a miracle. So many times we're trying to intellectually uh, understand God. What we need to get is word down into our spirit. If we get it down into our spirit, we're going to see miracles and breakthroughs in our life in a great way. And let me give you an example of this. Your inner man 
can protect you from trouble. In those things, because he's connected with this Holy Spirit, he can reveal things to you that can save your life. In Acts chapter 27, verse 9 through 10, the apostle Paul had been arrested, and they were bringing him before Caesar. And in doing so, they had to get on a ship to sail there. And it says in the scripture that, that Paul perceived in his heart, catch this, he perceived in his heart that ruin would come to the ship. And he told it to the captain, he told it to the centurion. In other words, his spirit knew what was going to happen before it happened. And he didn't say that, he, that God told him that. He perceived it in his heart. I'll give you another true story. This true story of a young boy. He'd been with his parents. It was his birthday, and they'd went to the store, and they'd got him a, uh, uh, what are those, those lasers from uh, Star Wars? A, la a laser thing. Lightsaber. So he's excited to get in the car. They go home, and uh, the weather was changing a little bit. And so the parents went inside the house, and he's in the car playing with his lightsaber, you know, getting out of the box and doing all this stuff. And something inside of him said, you need to go into the house right now. Something inside of him. He gets out of the car, goes inside the house. The next moment, the wind had snapped the oak tree next to the car. It came down, and right where he was sitting, one of the branches stuck right into the seat. It would have killed him. It would have impaired him. But he knew it in his spirit. That's why our children are so important, because their spirits do not die spiritually until they become to the age of accountability. They can perceive God in ways that you don't need. Oh, oh, pray. I don't want to get another message here. That's why our children are so important that we get them indoctrinated in the Word of God and get it in their hearts. Amen? Because they perceive it. They're, there's a life inside of them when they're smaller. Praise God. But the point I want you to see from it is that there was a perception inside of the young boy just like with paul where he knew certain things now you can apply this in marriage my wife many times will be thinking the exact same thing that i'm thinking because we're one flesh but we're also one spirit amen and and i want you to know this because we minister to people all the time that need miracles and everybody wants to know how to do it intellectually what do I have to think? What do I have to do? You can't believe you receive unless your inner man is enlightened to the Word of God. Now, the Word tells us how to do this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, when Joshua was going to the promised land, he says, here, here's what I want you to do that will make sure that you're successful. I want you to meditate on the Word day and night. Keep it in your mouth. Catch that part. And he says that you will make your way successful and you will have good success. The century version says this, that you will be wise and whatever, whatever you do, you will succeed at. Amen. If Christians would simply listen to their hearts, they would avoid so many problems. They wouldn't just come to church to hear something intellectually. They want to get it in their hearts. You know, people, they say, Pastor, I've heard that message. I've heard that truth. Yeah, is it in your heart? Yeah, that's right. Is it in your heart? 
You can hear a message a thousand times, and then that one time, all of a sudden, it's made alive, and the miracle comes into your life. There's a story told that Dr. Cho does in his church. He's retired right now, but he had next to his church, he had a uh, prayer mountain. People go pray. And a lady in the church that had a disease that would, was fatal. It would kill her. So she goes to the pastor's office every day. Pastor, you got to get, you got to heal me. You got to do this and do that. He could tell that she didn't have enough faith to be healed. And so we told her this. He says, I'm going to write down these verses by his stripes you are healed. And what I want you to do is I want you to take an, uh, a pen and a paper, and I want you to write down these healing verses a thousand times on Prayer Mountain. And every time you write it, I want you to recite it. Every time you write down 1 Peter 2, 24, I want you to say, by his stripes we are healed. And I don't know exactly what happened, but she started the process, and somewhere along the line, up to that thousand, the power of God hit her and healed her. You know why? Because it went from the head to the heart. Some of you need a miracle tonight, and what you need to do is reprogram your spirit. You need to get your spirit on board on what God has called you to do. You need to train the inner man inside of you so that you can recognize the leading of the Lord, so that you can take the decisions and follow God in the direction that he says. And, and see, sometimes it is simply a hunch. Sometimes you just go with your gut. You see it on the movie series Shark Tank. You see these billionaires, they go, well, my gut's saying not to do it. What have they done? They've trained their spirit how to recognize opportunities and how not to. If the church would do that, we'd see the level of prosperity that God wants you to have because you would recognize the opportunities that come by. Because whatever you have faith for, whatever you put inside of your heart, you will naturally be aware of it in your life and you'll recognize it. Yeah, I need to take that opportunity. I need to take that job opportunity. I need to do this. Or I need to invest here and there. And, and it's not just for preachers. It's for everyone. You can be a real estate agent. It's for you. It's for the doctor. It's for the lawyer. It's for, it's for the carpenter. It's for the electrician. It is for anyone like that that you can be wise. And when you're listen to your heart you can succeed in whatever you do whether it is raising your family raising your kids how many marriages are on the rocks because of one reason they don't listen to their hearts husband walks into the living room the wife's sitting there and he he senses something's wrong with her says you all right she said you know most women they don't tell you what they think she said i'm fine then later that day, she's crying. She's packing her bags. And you go, what's going on? I asked you if you were okay. And he's going by reason rather than discernment. What he should say is realize she doesn't always say what she means or mean what she's saying and sat down and ministered to her. What's bothering you, baby? Come on. And you solve so many problems that way, rather than being led by human reason, you're being led, led by intuition inside of you. Ever been somewhere and your head said, this is fine, but inside you felt uncomfortable about it? 
It's the Holy Spirit leading us. And that's how you receive a miracle. When my kids, when I was going to Bible school, both of my kids had an ear infection that was so bad that the doctors wanted to put tubes in my kids' ears, both of them. And I remember I told my wife, we're going to stand in faith, and we don't have any money for a doctor anyway, so we're going to stand in faith, and, and that's all fine until they start suffering. And my son, he was suffering. He was crying, and my wife says, we're going to the doctor. I said, baby, I don't want him to suffer, and so I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a bath first. And I remember getting in that bathtub, hearing my son screaming and whining over his ear. And all of a sudden, as I was meditating on the scriptures, out of my belly came this verse, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely his. Soon as that came out, my son stopped crying and was instantly healed. And my daughter was healed, and they never had tubes at all. It wasn't that God was waiting for his will to heal them. It was always his will, but I had to get it in my heart before my faith could embrace it and grab it in my life. Can you say amen? There's a reason why we diligently seek God. There's a reason why we pursue God with all of our heart. There's a reason why we do that, because we have to have faith inside of our heart. And when you do that, you can get a breakthrough in a great way. Amen? Be led by your spirit. Look at this verse, Romans 9, 1. Now, this is going to be convicting to some of you. I'll warn you right now. Because the voice of the human spirit is your conscience. Your conscience will bear witness to whatever the Holy Spirit has said in the Word. Look what Paul says. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. You, don't want to, you want to know why people backslide? They ignore their conscience. They have something in their conscience. They don't feel right about doing it, but they justify it in their mind, and their human reasoning gives them a reason why they can do it. Yeah. And then every time they do it, whether it's missing church, whether it's not praying, whether it's not God, whatever it is, every time they ignore that, their heart or their conscience gets less and less and less. It's like a sound system. You can hear me right now. Turn me up here. Turn me up. Turn me up. Turn me up. Get louder. Get louder. Get louder. That's your conscience. All right. When you continue to sin, it goes less and less and less and less and less, and less, and less, and less. Until, turn me up again. <laughs> You're able to do things that you would never do. Because you don't have any voice going on anymore. It's too dull. Every backslider has the same story. If it will admit it. They justified something in their life they knew was wrong. They listened to human reason, which became the Lord of their life, instead of 
having that ability to perceive. To listen to the heart, what God wants you to have in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I'm ready for this. I want to be led by the Spirit into blessing. I want to be led by the Spirit into a breakthrough. I want to be led by the Spirit into, watch this, 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 50. Look at this verse. I never understood this verse. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. And I remember talking to the Lord and saying, well, Lord, I don't understand that. Healing is in our inheritance. It says here, you can't, flesh and blood can't have it. But he's not talking about flesh and blood in that sense. He's talking about you can't receive from your inheritance by your mind, by your intellect, by your emotions. It's only by your spirit. Think about it for a minute. Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. What do you do as soon as you believe like that? Your head goes crazy. It goes crazy. It was, it was a while back when the seeker-sensitive church was, uh, the movement was very powerful, uh, that pastors were teaching like this. Listen, tithing is in the Bible, but if you can't afford to tithe, I want you to start tithing just to just do a percent, then do 2%, then do 3%, whatever. What are they teaching you? They're teaching you to try to have faith through the flesh. You can't do that. Faith is faith. You don't start to do something right and progressively get better. You got to start out right. You'd be telling your wife, listen, you know, I'm going to have an affair with this woman, but I'm going to take it from one year, and we're only going to have an affair every, uh, you know, right, you know, I'm going to work towards only having an affair once a year. And and so right now it's every week, but I'm going to cut back. And uh, is that okay? I'm in faith. I'm in faith. You'd slap him upside of the head. And do things I can't mention in church. <laughs> so, so the word, see, the word works through faith. And if you're not working it through faith, you're not believing in your heart. You've got to believe in your heart and act. We've got to be quick to listen to our hearts and respond. When God moves in your heart, respond to it. It can save your life. It can lead you into blessing. It can lead you into a breakthrough. It might just simply be a relationship that you feel a check inside. I don't think I should get close to this individual. It can keep you out of harm's way and cause you to have success in levels that you'd only dream about. Say amen, everybody. Now, let me make it more practical for you. I just had to put that out because I want you to... Be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not going to be carnal-minded. Your, your reason is not going to win out over your faith. You're going to be led by the Spirit into victory in your life. Miracles in the making. Hallelujah. If you take an oak tree or an oak a seed and you put it in a pot, the tree will grow, won't it? But it'll never grow to its full capacity. Why? It's environment. We have all been conditioned to do far less than what God wants us to do. Our environment becomes like a pot. Even though we're designed to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, many people are growing smaller and smaller and smaller because, because they want to just kind of go with what everyone else is doing. God's not called us to go with what everyone else is doing. He's called us to go what God is doing. God has called you for great things, great purposes, 
great blessings. We should be thinking bigger and better than the generation before us. Amen. And let me prove to you why that's scripture. The Bible said where sin abounds, grace does much more. How many would agree sin is abounding in America today and around the world? Then grace should be abounding much more. We should be thinking bigger and better and grander and more awesome than any other generation. We shouldn't be backing away. We should be applying it and pressing into the, the measure that God has for you. Now, when I grew up, I grew up in an environment that made you feel like being poor was normal. That's the environment that I grew up in. And I remember the dead church that I went to as a kid basically said the same thing. Now, most of you haven't experienced that. But religion at one time said that if you got money, you're unspiritual. In other words, the most spiritual people are the brokest people and the sickest people. No, I'm serious. And that really came from the dark ages because the, the monks went up into the monastery and they couldn't explain divine healing anymore. And so they came up with this theology that the more you suffer, the more spiritual you are. And out came, came from that this stupid idea that God doesn't heal anymore. He heals. I said he heals, he delivers, he sets free, and he wants to set you free today. He wants to bless you, but we got to break that spirit of poverty. You can do better than your parents did and better than their parents did, but you got to change the conditioning in your life, renew your mind in the Word, start finding out what the Word says, get it deep down into your heart, and begin to make decisions based on the change that has happened in your innermost band. Jesus preached this in his time. In his time in the Roman Empire, there was rich and there was poor. There was no middle class. It didn't exist. You are either rich or you're poor. And I'm talking about object poverty. Did you know what Jesus did? He taught them parables about the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is like a landowner or a, a person with great money who hires three servants. And he gives one five talents, he gives one two talents, and he gives one one talent. Now, we read that and we think it's talking about uh, physical gifts, but it's talking about money. And the terms he used at his time would have caused everybody to be astonished. You know what one talent of gold is worth in today's market? It is worth, I wrote it down here, it's very powerful. It's worth 1,400,116.57. In other words, almost a, a one and a half million dollars one talent is worth. Two talents is about three and a half million. Five talents it's about $7 million. And he used those terms, and even the guy that had the least ability was given over a million dollars. You know why? Because God is rich. And the least in the kingdom have power that far exceeds the wealthiest and the most influential person in the world today. We are God's children, and God is not cheap. God, come on, think about it. If you had enough money that you could give each one of your children a million dollars, they'd see me what you, show me what you could do with it. We'd say, man, you're wealthy. God is far wealthier than you are, praise God. And when you get saved, he's not lacking in money. He's not lacking in riches. He's got riches that can bless everyone. And now, granted, these are spiritual riches, 
but they can result in outward blessings in your life. Amen. Are you getting this today, church? Are you getting a hold of this? I want you to recondition your thinking. Start thinking the way the Word says and stop looking at things based on reason and start basing things based on spiritual understanding. Renew your mind until you change your mind about, about what you need to do in the will of God. Renew your mind until you see that God wants to bless you with more than enough and plenty left over. That God wants to give you divine opportunities. That God wants you to make a mark in this society. He wants us to make a difference. He doesn't want us just to be like everyone else. He wants us to excel so that people say, I want to know the God that you serve. Any God that can bless you the way you're blessed, especially from the past that you've in, I want to know that God. If that God can bless you and you didn't deserve it. Man, I don't deserve it either. I want to know the Jesus you know. And I'll tell you what, that's how people get saved. Amen. Because they experience the power of God and it makes a significant difference. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I hope you're taking notes because this is really for you today. Now listen, I want to make a statement here. This is a little bit of a revelation. But it's a powerful one. Jesus said something about faith that most people pass over. In Mark 11, 22 and 23, in the Greek it reads, have the faith of God, or keep having the faith of God. It's the Greek word theou, which means of God. And he says, keep having the faith of God. And then he says, whosoever is the sand of this mountain, be plucked up and cast to the sea, and he on his heart, believe the words that he says. He shall have whatever he says. You know what Jesus is telling the people? He says, I want you to use your faith the same way that God uses his. Isaiah says that his word will not return void to him. Jesus wants you to be like that. When you exercise your faith, you need to say what I have said in faith will not return void to me. It will produce healing. It will produce breakthrough. It will not come back until it is accomplished what God has called me to do. And this is not something new. The prophet Elijah was aware of that. He said, surely as the Lord lives, it will not rain or have dew on the earth until I say so. Is that the weakest clap hand we can get? Come on. Man, I like that. Whew. That's the way, see, the, when we believe the way that God believes, he begins to work through us, through his word, and do great things. A lot of us have been boxed in by our environment, boxed in because of what somebody said, boxed in because of a teacher that said you couldn't accomplish this or couldn't do this, and we've been bound by that. And we've all had great parents, but some of them boxed us in. Can you say amen? amen. They did an experiment with fleas, and that was interesting. They put fleas in a, in a jar, and the scientist put a lid on the jar, and the fleas would jump up and hit the top of the lid. And they went on for hours doing this until eventually the fleas stopped trying to jump out of, the, out of the container. And then the scientists did something very unique. They took the lid off 
the container and the fleas, even though they could jump out, never tried to jump out. This is what happens. When you don't know Jesus, there's a lid on your life. Someone put it on you. There's a lid. Whether it was great-grandma or, grand, or your father or your, our culture, they put a lid on you. And then you get saved and God pops off the lid, but you're still operating based on what you believed before instead of based on what you can believe now. That all things are possible for the one that believes. All things are possible that you can believe and do what God's Word says without holding back. Praise God. It is yours. The lid is off the bottle, man. It's off the bottle. Now, let me take you a little farther with this. How many know you got saved because you wanted eternal life, right? The problem is most people have no idea what eternal life is. Well, that's living forever, that's going to heaven. Oh, no, no, that's just, that's so superficial, it's pathetic. 1 John 1, verse 2 and 3 tells us, the apostles said, we handle the word of life. And they're talking about Jesus. And then they said this about eternal life. It is to know the Father and the Son. Eternal life is to know the Father or the Son. Every time God ministers to you and you hear from God in your spirit, whatever God ministers to you will overcome anything in your life. If God ministers to you, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Death can't even kill you. If the word of God ministers to you, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, he has no sorrow to it, no economy, no lack of finances can stop the prosperity of God from working in your life. Can't happen. Can't happen. Can't happen. Whatever has been illuminated in your heart by the Spirit has the power over anything you're facing. That's why the whole Bible's full of statements like this. Be led by the Spirit. The whole Bible, every aspect, be led by the Spirit because you can't overcome the flesh unless you're led by the Spirit. You need to listen to your heart in that and receive a blessing. I'm going to close with a story. Show you the power of this word. How it changes you. Two boys lived in a family during the 1900s. And they were good boys, Christian boys. And every day when they went to school, they would go early. And they went into the old schoolhouse that they had there in Kansas. And it was their job to put some logs in the fire, and then they would pour kerosene on the, the fire in this big iron, iron stove to warm, warm the classroom for the kids. And the kids would come in the classroom and be warm. They did that every day. One day, there was an accident that happened. Somebody had put gasoline in the container for kerosene. And the boys didn't know any better. They thought it was kerosene. And so they put the logs in there and poured gas in there. They thought it was kerosene. And they lit it, and you know what happened. It exploded. The one boy was instantly killed. The other boy was burned so bad that from his hips all the way down on his legs, he was burned so bad that some of the muscle had been burned away on his legs. His kneecaps, all the skin around his kneecaps was gone. On the shins, it was completely gone. And the doctors told his parents, if he lives, he will never walk. And they said, the best thing that you can do is let us amputate his legs. Because he's, he's probably not going to make it. 
And if we amputate the legs, then maybe he'll make it. So that was the prognosis. The parents just couldn't cut his legs off. And so they just let it go out. Next day, he survives. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, he ends up recovering from this. He's eight years old. The mom brings him home and, and uh, put him in a wheelchair because he can't walk. And she would take him outside every day to, you know, outside, and there was a fence there, and she would park his wheelchair by the fence, and he would get up on the fence and grab the, the wood, and he'd go like this. Every day. They didn't have therapy like they have today. Every day he'd do that until he started to walk. They brought him to school, and he not only started walking, he started running. In fact, they had a nickname for him. I wrote this down. Here's the nickname they had for him. He was called the Kansas Street Flyer in high school. He broke every record in high school. Running. A kid who had no skin on his knees from the burn, muscles burned off that grew everything back and was running. You know why that happened? Because he was a Christian. He had one verse that he stood on. It was on Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strengths, and they shall run and not get weary. Every time he was at the fence post, he was quoting that as he shuffled along, as he shuffled along, as he shuffled along. Every morning when he tried to get up, couldn't get up, he would quote that verse. Then when he started walking, he would quote that verse. Then when he started running, he would quote that verse. Did you know in, in 1934, Glenn uh, Cunningham won the world's record in the, in the mile run? A kid who they said he couldn't walk again, he'd probably die because of one verse that went from his head down to his spirit. And God made that word alive and made that word powerful. And God wants to do that for you today. He wants to give you a miracle today. He wants to take that word that I preached and put it in your heart. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.